In Revelation chapter number 12 and verse number 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. There within itself, I could launch and I could probably teach a good portion of today. But I wanted to re-emphasize that passage of Scripture again. One thing I do want to say about that passage of Scripture that I believe that's important is we don't need to stay focused on who the enemy is. We need to stay focused on the fact victory is through the word and what the Lamb has done. Because it don't even name who the enemy is. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. All right. Pastor Harry, I wanted to put something there a little bit about that scripture. Um, One of the last sermons I preached here was from that scripture there. Mm -hmm. But it was when it talks about the word of testimony, I'm like, it's not only what you personally testify, it's testifying of the goodness of God Mm -hmm. in aspect to Mm -hmm. what we've overcame. That was the way God had led me with that Uh scripture, a different input on that. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in word of prayer and Normally, I ask people if they feel comfortable praying out loud uh, before. I don't want to ever embarrass anybody, but I believe y'all are prayers. I'm going to ask if she will, Sister uh, Sheila Kay, to lead our hearts to the Lord in prayer this morning before we go into our study. Precious Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. First, Father, we thank you that you draw the curtain from the top to the bottom. You have given us free access to your throne, and I thank you for that. And Jesus is sitting at your right hand, interceding for us, Lord God, and I thank you for that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the saving blood. I thank you for the healing blood, the powerful blood. And Lord, my prayers from now on when I pray over people, especially the sick, is going to be pleading the blood yes, hallelujah. over those people because that's where our strength is. When it says that we were healed by the stripes on Jesus' back, it was by the blood that flowed out of those stripes, Lord. And we give you praise and honor. Touch our pastor, Heavenly Father, who is teaching the class. Touch our minds. Touch our hearts. The subject we're learning is a subject that takes so much faith. So, Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise. Give us the faith we need, the understanding we need. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. 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 That is a prayer that we definitely need to adhere to. Amen. The truth of it. We stopped with a thought of number point four on page 26. And I have emphasized this. Every person in this class ought to know this. And I began to think about what it says because I was asked by someone, uh, can the blood and the spirit be separated? I'm getting good shakes. I like that. And when I was talking to that person, I really don't think we uh, examined the the question properly. When we're talking about it being the blood of Jesus, and the Spirit of God, no, they cannot be separated. They cannot be separated. So with that being said, I, I began to think about that after I got asked that. I said, well, blood and spirit can because if we had a corpse laying here, that corpse has blood. Right. 
But the spirit of life has left them. But we're talking about the blood of Jesus. We're not talking about humanity or immortality. Or mortality. Mortality. So that's the answer that I should have gave and I was tired. So that's my excuse. All right. So you guys, you need to realize if you go any further with your education after this master's, the problem is you're more accountable for what you're supposed to know, and then you start thinking, what do I know? Uh-huh. Okay, or what did I used to know that I ought to know that I don't know if I know, I know anymore. Okay, let me move on. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 9, it says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. I'm on page 27. Uh, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Now, we were talking about, before we left, some things that bear witness and we had some good discussion in the last, and I'm not going to rehearse some of that because we can go back and listen to what we have already listened to, hopefully. But these scriptures here are talking about things that uh, are a witness of each other. And so I am going to read verse number 10 and 11. He, he says, He that believeth on the Son of God, the witness in himself, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record of God that gave his son. And this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Now, I, I want to move on to the union of the spirit and the blood because we've made that proclamation, we made that declaration, which is a key truth that you cannot separate the blood of Jesus and the spirit of God. They're inseparable. And I'm going to promise you that's on your test. I promise you. It is on your test. All right, the union of the Spirit and the blood in the work of redemption. Now, I want you to take something that I'm going to say that I'm going to elaborate a little bit more later. As believers, and I believe even a newborn person, they may not be able to explain it, but there is some idea, I believe, that we understand that Jesus has worked our redemption. Now, there's something else that's even more enriched that we must discuss, and we will get to that. And I'm going to be honest with you, as long as I've been in ministry and, and even taught this class a few times, even last year before I taught this, I'm going to tell you what, this book got a hold of me. It got a hold of me, and I would challenge you to read it every couple of years, more than that, or go back to it, use it as a resource. And so we're going to talk about the fact that we need to go beyond redemption and even the prayer this morning is is, 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 is moving into that. Uh, in Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse 14, remember our last lesson, look back to the seven points of this passage. Um, on page 19, if you'll look back, it talks about some of the things of the Spirit that are in unity, uh, that of the blood. On page number 19, we'll look back real quickly. There were seven things there. There were seven things that are brought out in uh, uh, under verse 14, uh, because we're looking at Hebrews 9, 14. It says, the exceeding purpose of Jesus' blood. We know that there was a purpose. There was the eternal spirit of the life of Jesus' blood by the eternal spirit. The blood has obtained an eternal ever availing. I want you to look at that word ever availing and, and eternal. Ever fresh, independent, imperishable, enduring forever, imperishable truths, power of life. And that even ties with some of your definitions, your vocabulary, and I didn't mention that earlier, 
Uh, if you have any questions about your vocabulary, let me know also. Number three, without spot, without sin, perfect, greater than bulls or goats. So the old, old economy uh, is, is not, uh, it, it, cannot, it cannot avail. That's why the writer in Hebrews says a better, a better covenant. Purge, cleanse, make free, purify his work of redemption in us. Conscience, our mind or co-perception. Death. And this is coming out of the complete Jewish Bible. That's what the CJB means. Uh, then how much more the blood of the Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify your conscience from works that lead to death so that we can serve the living God and then definitely life. Life, life abundant. All right. Number two on page number 27, our book. Page uh, on page 10 of the text. This is where we find in this book on page 10. It talks about the blood possesses its power to cleanse and make us fit to serve the living God by what? The eternal spirit. Eternal spirit. That's exactly what the book itself teaches us. Who was in our Lord when he shed his blood? The eternal spirit. Then, of course, the Hebrew writer, which I believe was Paul, he actually states that the spirit took the blood to the mercy seat and placed it on the mercy seat there in heaven. And Jesus, I said it last time, it's worth repeating, Jesus did what no earthly high priest could do. That's right. He didn't even have a mercy seat. You remember that? He did not even have a mercy seat after five 56 B.C., right. when the Ark of the Covenant was taken, all they had was a foundational stone to pour the blood on. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Jesus exceeded what even the high priest was able to do on the Day of Atonement. It was placed on the mercy seat mm -hmm. in the presence of God. Praise God. Points to understand. It reveals more than merely the Holy Spirit was in the Lord Jesus and bestowed on his person and his, and his blood, a divine worth. What happened to Jesus when he was in the water to be baptized? The Spirit descended upon him. Mm -hmm. The Father spoke. Yeah. Uh, we even find in the temple where, uh, or before the temple where he was teaching, we find actually where it talks about that he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in the natural, and he also grew in the fact that he was man. But yes, he was God. And all this was accomplished because of the Spirit of God that dwelled in him. Then number C, the decay was exempt from his blood because of the eternal Spirit. The blood of Jesus does not decay. If we have that corpse laying here today and we do not embalm that corpse and we keep the blood in it, there is going to be a stench, a stink, a decay. Mm -hmm. But with the eternal spirit, and see, there's a, I'll tell you what's prevalent here is the fact that whether you're a believer or not a believer, you're lost, whatever your status in life is, you are alive, and that blood is pumping to the organs of your body and keeping life because of the breath of God Amen. that was breathed in Adam. Amen. So it's still a God thing. But when that separates, there's death. But with Jesus, 
there, there is this exemption because of the eternal spirit. So that ought to be what's said there, the eternal spirit again for number C was the living reality of its power. The blood with the life by the spirit could be taken up to heaven to exercise the divine power without ceasing. So just because when Jesus said, I give up the ghost, it's finished, it wasn't finished. Well, it was finished, but what I'm saying, it did not cease. The power of atonement did not cease. It really began. Yes. It began. All right. On page number 28, the eternal spirit, comprehending the, the meaning of eternal. Now, now this, is, this is important. And it sounds like rhetoric when we begin to talk about it, but it's not. Comprehending the meaning of eternal. We understand eternal to mean something that continues, something that has no end. This concept tells us that eternal, this concept tells us what eternal is not. So it's important to know what it is not. Number C, this is going to be on your test, I promise you. C, something eternal can't exist in time. Now that may sound a little difficult. Something eternal can't exist in time. We put things in time. God allows us to operate in time. But if we only think about the fact that the earth started sometime or another, and then, well, we know there's going to be a new earth, we've, we've, we've made a time. We've tried to establish a time. But when you go and read the scriptures, it says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That passage of scripture is older. Mm -hmm. Now listen to what I'm saying. That passage of scripture is older than Genesis 1-1. Yes, mm -hmm. if, if we're trying to put it in time frame. See, here I am trying to put it in a time frame. But you've got to go back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, well, where's the beginning? With God. Mm -hmm. God operates in eternal mm -hmm. he allows us to have 24 hours he allows us to have seven days he allows us to have seconds well even if you establish a beginning you don't have an end so okay so okay you can't put time in that, that that's true and, and to justify it properly wow. that's right sister this concept concept tells us what eternal is not something eternal can't exist in time Everything that exists in time has a beginning, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying, mm -hmm. is subject to the law of increase and decrease, to which we understand. But that's why it's important that Jesus said, I am Alpha and I am Omega, using the Greek mm -hmm. alphabet. Yeah, okay, if you're looking at some kind of beginning, here's the beginning, here's the end, but yet it's eternity. It doesn't cease. If we do, there's decrease and there's increase. And what's happening in the earth? When we look at it from a time frame, there's a there, there's a decrease. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. There's not an increase. Okay, in, in that sense. All right, number number uh, point D. What is eternal has no beginning. Because God was before God is the beginning. <laughs> and that's where faith steps in. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot easier for me to believe that there is a divine create, creator than there is than Big Bang. Yeah. 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 
I mean, let's call <laughs> let's call Lowe's and get them to uh, lo, uh, send us a load of lumber and mm. screws and nails and metal and whatever wow. we need, and we'll go out here and we're going to build a building. God took time to make us. Yes, He did. Mm-hmm. We're His crown creation. Yes. Yeah. We're His crown creation. He didn't rush his creation. He took His time. Exactly. I, I jokingly tell people the only way you can look at Big Bang is if you're going by the sound of the bang, because. He brought everything to existence by yes. his work. That's exactly right. <laughs> wow, I like that. Exactly, exactly. Amen. Now, I'm not going to take the time I want to, and I encourage you to go back and read these scriptures if you have not, because you're going to see by faith, by faith, we may have the following eternal mm-hmm. blessings. And these are talking about eternal blessings that we have. We have eternal redemption. Now, let me say something here. I want to be careful. I don't want no misunderstandings. What God does, he does it for eternity. Mm-hmm. This is not supporting. It is not It's it's not creating a scenario where we've got to worry about, oh, what about eternal security or no eternal security? Right. What God does, he does it for eternity. Yes, he does. Okay. But there's an eternal redemption. There's eternal life. We obtain eternal life. See, let me say it like this, and this goes with part of the puzzle that I'm trying to put together today. What I said earlier is most of us, we have an understanding that Jesus is our work of redemption, and it was his blood. But see, because it took the blood, we have these eternal things. He wants us to be in the living of those things that are eternal. Yes. Eternal redemption. What he's done, it's completed. It's worked. We stay in faith of it. Eternal life. We have eternal life. Mm-hmm. We have eternal joy. Now, everything doesn't make you happy. There's a diff- If we'll grow up enough to realize, and I didn't say y'all wasn't grown up, or realize there's a difference in being happy and joy. Oh, yeah. You know, if I get out here today, God, please, no. And we got a flat tire sitting out here in this driveway, I am not going to be a happy camper. No. But I'm going to be thankful and joyous we wasn't going down the road. All right. mm-hmm. Amen? All right. So one of the fruits of the Spirit, even in Galatians 5.22, is that of joy. Yes. The Holy Spirit is eternal, so the fruit of the Holy Spirit should be eternal. The fruit itself ought to be. We need to to bask in that. Just think about this. We know the tree of life is going to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's going to be where we need to walk in doubt that ever we're going to walk up to that tree of life and they're going to pair if you want to pair? That's not eternal. Right. We need to operate in the fact that what the Holy Spirit has placed in us, in the gifts, or not the gifts, but the fruit of the Spirit is to be eternal. We're, we're forever to love, to have peace yes. and joy and long-suffering and temperance and meekness and kindness, and I'm going to miss some of them. Pastor yes, ma'am. Okay, back to number D when you said what is eternal has no beginning. Mm-hmm. What's the other blank? Thank you. I did not say that. <laughs> and knows no change is in the next one, the, the, the second one. 
What is eternal has no beginning and in the second line and knows no change or weakening because its life is independent of time. Okay. Is that helpful? Do I need to repeat any? Okay. And then, of course, there's scripture in 1 John 1, 4. It talks about our joy. So look at those things. And then full gives us, uh, well, actually, that's what John, 1 John 1, 4 is talking about, how the fullness of our joy. Fullness gives us thought of being what? Complete. Complete. Amen? I believe we can get to the place we're running over. You know, when I fill this bottle up about two or three times, and then I'll get me a new bottle. You know, I don't overfill it, but I feel it. I feel it. I mean, I get more than 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I fill it up to the gill. Amen. All right. Then here's some other things that I think is important that begins to bring in who Jesus is for us. Other important points to emphasize that are eternal. And I go back to the thought that he was after the order of what high priest? Melchizedek. Melchizedek. No beginning, no end, eternal. So we see that it's an eternal priesthood. And the book of Hebrews teaches that in the seventh chapter. Look at those things. God, and I'm kind of uncomfortable using the word swear or sworn, but God, his own oath, his own oath was by his own word. Because he is the word. It's an unchanging priesthood. Now I want you just to think for a moment, what in the world and you maybe you've not thought about this, but it's something to think about. Look at the transition that took place after they came back from Babylonian captivity. They had no ark. That changed the priesthood in some aspect. But it didn't change with Jesus. He still had by the eternal spirit to take that blood to the mercy seat. They had to make adjustments in the natural. Okay, not only that, by the time that you get to the temple time of Jesus being on the cross, what happens when Jesus is on the cross and he said it's finished? Or into your hands I commend my spirit. What happened there at the temple? It was rent, torn. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Actually, this is what took place. What time of the year was that? It was Passover time. Was it in the spring? It was in the spring. Yeah. But actually, the Day of Atonement was completed. Mm-hmm. Even though they attempted to have Day's Atonement for some while, I've read that, believe it or not, that even the priest, and here's an adjustment, but with Christ, he's eternal. It's an unchanging priesthood. They even attempted mm-hmm. to try to mend that veil. Mm-hmm. You know what my word is? Of, un, uh, of no avail. That's right. That's right. No avail. Of no avail. No they no attempted avail. to try. <laughs> they attempted to stitch that veil back together of no avail. Because the work had been completed. And by 70 AD is when temple worship from that of sacrifice definitely ceased. Definitely ceased. So that's what's beautiful about this. Even though God used man in the priest office under the old economy, 
But we see the fulfillment of that that's better through Jesus that is eternal. Is that making sense? Okay. Jesus' priesthood, number two, declares man's means of redemption. Um, let's, let, let's don't bypass a couple of these scriptures. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse number 24 and 25. Hebrews 9, 24, and 25. It's in our lesson here. All right, somebody got it, and I'll let you go ahead and read 24 and 25 of the ninth chapter. I got it. Okay, Sister Meredith. For Christ does not enter into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entereth into the holy place Ooh. every year blood of others. Oh. Y'all had to enter in one time. Completed. Oh, glory to God. Eternal. Woo. Oh, my God, that'll preach right there. Only one hill on the get the process one time. And what I see there, too, it's beautiful. It says, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands when he was on the cross. He did not go where man had, even though it got ordered it and God orchestrated an architectural of that of the temple structure, he did not go do what the priest at that time done because he didn't have a mercy seat. All he had was a foundational yeah. stone. He did something they couldn't do. Woo, that's good stuff. Mm. Uh -huh. Eternal. Yeah. So that means that our redemption is settled. Yes, I like that. It's settled. Finished. It's yeah. an eternal redemption. Mm -hmm. Our sanctification. The verse number 12 of the ninth chapter says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he yes. entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption Praise for God. us. Not one time. It's been repeated, eternal redemption. Mm -hmm. yep. The emphasis. The old economy of those of the animals, and, and we studied about the other five uh, Levitical offerings, not a cereal, not a peace, not a sin offering, because he fulfills all of those. He fulfills all of those. It's for our sanctification in verse number 14 of, <coughs> excuse me, of chapter 10. By the which will we wait a minute, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Mm -hmm. Now see, there is something there that can be said. We definitely believe in being born again. We believe in being regenerated. We believe that there has to be a work of grace, but also there's a work of sanctification. Right. And see, right here there's just a little key that needs to be spoken. If we're not careful, we get into legalism. Well, I can't do this and I'll be sanctified. I can do that and I'll be okay, man. But what does it say? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. But the which will we are sanctified through the offering of his body or the body of Christ or Jesus Christ. So he is the one that sanctifies us. Not what we do, what we don't do. Yes, there is some things that are going to change. Yes. But that's where our victory is. 
That's where our victory is because Christ never sinned. We are not to live a life of continual sin. Did I say we were going to be perfect? No, I did not. Did I say that we wouldn't ever sin? No, I didn't, but we don't practice sin. We continue to walk in sanctification because he's already done it. He's already paid the price for us to walk in that sanctification. The witness of the blood and the spirit being poured out. The blood was poured out before the spirit was poured out. Now, let me explain what's going on here. What we find, somebody turn to John 7, verses 38 and 39. When you come to Egypt and they leave Egypt, they left after they had a Passover. That is a blood atonement. That is a blood atonement. They never could see what God had in store for them until about three months later. And even I mean, even calendar-wise, we're almost right at three months out or going into a third month when there's Pentecost. God had to take them to the mount and the anointing of God. Moses went up into the mount. He got the law. But yet it's a demonstration. And actually in the time frame, it would have been Pentecost. It's the first Pentecost. Revealed in the Old Testament. And let me tell you what God done. Because scripture tells us that we are a royal priesthood. And I'm getting ahead of myself. And a holy nation. We're part of that. Now just think about the United States for a moment. We have a geographical 48 states. And two that are placed here in the cold. And one out here where everybody wants to go. And mm -hmm. spend their money. And think it's the most beautiful place in paradise on the earth. I've never been there. If you go in the backsides of Hawaii. It's, it's not... It's just like other places in the world. You know, they got poverty, poverty, they've got beauty, mm -hmm. you know, everything. But anyway, my point is, and what was my point? We was talking about Pentecost. Okay. <laughs> what happens is when they went to the mount, and I was talking about the United States, the United States in the, in the States. Okay. Just think. Israel had a promise of a geographical territory. Here they were a nation that was in an incubator that went there with about 70 souls and God raised them up to millions of people in 400, 430 years. Here was a nation sitting within a nation where God was taking care of them even though they were in slavery and God says... I am redeeming you. I am showing that I have called you. You're my people. We've got a whole nation that stands up. They're girded. They take the blood atonement upon them. And they walk out of Egypt only with a promise. Now I want you to think about being a nation. You have no laws. You have no borders. All you have is what God says, which is a promise. He takes them three months almost out and he gives them law. All they had was what God was giving Moses. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And what had already been rehearsed possibly of the first five books that they may have had in some aspect or Moses writing it. But here they stand 
And what I'm trying to say to us, the witness of the blood and the spirit being poured out, the blood was poured out before the spirit was poured out. We cannot have a work of Pentecost and live in the day of Pentecost mm -hmm. unless we've had a blood atonement. Right. There is people that are trying to get something and they've never got the gift mm -hmm. from the giver. Right. Because they've never had a blood work. They want to operate in something, but they don't have the blood work first. Uh -huh. They're not redeemed. All right, who has verse 38 and 39 of 7? Chapter John. Okay, sister. He that believed on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay. So Jesus had not went to the cross. The disciples were being taught. They were being instructed. He was giving them revelation throughout the ministry at times about the fact that he is going to die, that he's going to uh, resurrect. And they didn't, at times, I think, understood that at first. He even went back to the Old Testament at times and revealed things to them. All right, Jesus not glorified, the Spirit not yet poured out. Then Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 1, <laughs> Jesus upon the throne, the Spirit then would flow like a river. Somebody got 22? Yes. All right. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay. When Jesus is upon the throne, the Spirit then could flow like a river. Jesus had to return. Remember that? Mm -hmm. If I go away, what's going to happen? Okay. All right. Then number two, Solomon's dedication of the temple is an example of the blood and the Spirit being poured out. Now, it's already been referenced today, either with conversation I've had with somebody or maybe even in the prayer or whatever. We cannot place a value, really a value, on the blood. Think about that. But I want to give you some thought to think on. Solomon's dedication of the temple is an example of the blood and the spirit being poured out. I'll tell you what, we need an outpouring of the Spirit of God to where we can't even walk into the local yes, assembly. That's right. But I want to tell you, in our own lives, we need that to where we fall before the face of God. Amen. It's one thing to shake. It's another when God just allows us to fall before Him. Right. And we can't move. That's right. We can only imagine, I'm trying to remember what the fellow's name, I want to say it's Tenny. I can't think of his first name. He wrote a book and it had to do it had to do with uh, Tom Tenney was it? I believe it was. And he tells about a service where they had multiple services and he pulled up and the Spirit of God hit that place that particular Sunday. And the people coming in, as soon as they started into the parking lots, felt the anointing. Praise God. And when they went in, they couldn't get in. God. They couldn't get in. Because people Prostrated on the floor. That's right. The power of God. The power of God. Yes, and let me say this because you just said it. 
do it again. But the thing about it is, folks, what we need to come back and realize, we don't need another Pentecost. Yeah. We observe it every year. Well, we need to realize by faith, the atonement's been made. That's where we're supposed to live. We are living in the days of Pentecost. Yes, we are. We are living in the days of Pentecost. That's why the Spirit's here. Yes, we do want to. And I know it's in the natural thought. We're thinking, yeah, we need that out for it. I understand that. And we can't live on yesterday. The testimony's wonderful, and it ought to encourage us. I tear up. I tear up. I feel the anointing. I feel my faith being built up. And I don't mean this bragtocious, but even the book that I'm writing, if I go back and begin to read some things that I've penned of what God done between 2015 and now. It's amazing. It, it, just my faith begins, man, I want to preach it. God's a healer. Yes. Amen. So we need to live on the fact that we've got something to testify. Yes. And it lines up with God's word. Amen. So there's where the power is. Yes. That's where the power of that Glory is. Glory to God. May I say something? Yes, ma'am. Okay. That would be like, okay, our past is mm-hmm. dead, and we're supposed to focus on the future, things that God had already did for us, mm-hmm. forgave us for all our sins. So we look forward mm-hmm. instead of looking back. Yeah. Yeah, in the sinful nature. But I think there's things that's been established testimony-wise, as long as it lines up with the Word of God, that it can keep us built up in the holy faith. Right. But yeah, we've got to continue to renew, yes, in His presence, yes. And I think we have to be holier today than we were yesterday. Okay. Yes. Wow. Every day. Yes. And that's let that pr- be your prayer in the morning. Let me be holier. You're drawing closer to Him. It's going from glory to glory, glory. to glory. And that's maturity. That's maturity. That's sanctification. Progression. It has to be our prayer. And I may have not said this to this class, but you may have heard me say it before somewhere or read. I follow Charles uh, Ryrie's son, and I like what he says about sanctification. He talks about there's got to be. There's got to be a work of sanctification in redemption. Then he talks about it being a productive, progressive work we're, what you're talking about, daily, we're progressing, we're maturing. Then the completion of our sanctification is when we're transformed in the presence of God. Yes. And I think a good example of that is if we see the rapture, mm-hmm. we're going to change. Yes, we are. In the twinkling of an eye. That quick. That quick. Mm-hmm. That I think quick. about that scripture, uh, Pastor Harry. He that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it until 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 the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But you know, you know. Also, we see that growth in us. Yes. Just Uh by the way, just by the way, the Lord uses Jesus. Oh, sure, sure. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. Uh And the more, the closer you get to Him, the more He's going to use you. Yes. And the more, I mean, one day He may say, "I've changed your name," and Uh you say, "What is it?" You know, (laughs) and He'll tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah. He did that to me, and I was floored. Totally. I've been looking for a white stone to write in. (laughs) There you go. Revelation. But she's a revelation, white stone. Yeah, yes, made me amen. written on it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. Me and Janice was in Alabama several years ago, and they gave everybody, there was over 500 some people there at this conference, and they gave us all a name badge. 
and from very, you know, was there about three days, and you get to know people that right. you don't know from all over the uh, United States. And uh, I lost my name badge. I went back up to the table, and I said, ma'am, I've lost my name badge. Can I get another one? She said, what's your name? I said, can you put redeemed on it? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you put redeemed on it, but they yeah, put there. Oh, is anybody hot in here other than me? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little warm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the Norton story. It could be. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the value that we cannot value. <laughs> I mean, we can put, we can't really put a price. Solomon's dedication of the temple is an example of the blood and the spirit being poured out. In Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse eleven, this is where the dedication. I'm not going to go there, but sacrifice of burnt and peace offerings were made. And listen to this. Now I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you a little bit of information, and uh, it, it may not. Uh, it may not uh, be accurate today. But I want you to think about the intensity of not just the worship only that was worth talking about because it got to the place that the, the, the musicians couldn't even minister under the anointing. Think about that. And David, by his time, he had already incorporated 24-7 worship. Think about being on a praise team at 12 midnight. Yeah. Many of us can't even bear 10 minutes. <laughs> church today, I know what I'm saying. It's, it's true. Yeah, it's true. People wonder when it's going to end. What church going to end? <laughs> That's even, terrible, Ina. It is. But even in the old covenant, the old economy, think about in that particular dedication, <laughs> twenty. I won't pay thirty. Twenty-two thousand auction oxen. Mm. That's a lot of livestock. That is a lot. Yeah. 120,000 sheep. Just thinking about having to kill those animals day in and day out. But this is one day. One Do day. you know how many people Jesus. you would have to work? I mean, they've got to check the sheep to make sure there's no bruise no, or spots. And does he have no to blemishes. be sheared yeah. before we can burn them? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thank God. Wow. I mean, it's a full-time job. Wow. He's yes. prepping them to go to. Wow. You're right. All right, you can do the math. I'm not going to do the math, but I will give you a figure. And I don't remember when I wrote this down, so this may not even be accurate. It could be higher, it could be less. 22,000 oxen, most of the time they were teen. Teen? Teen. Two. Oh. Is it break No, that's, that's an alarm <laughs> for me. Um, um, we'll, we'll take one here about 20, 20 30 minutes. Yeah. Unless you need to, you know. No, it's fine. Okay. All right. When I say they were teamed, that would bring it down to 11,000. Because if you had a yoke, you would have two, most of the time, two oxen. Mm -hmm. So let's just look at it that way, and, and you'll know where I'm going with this, Sister uh, Sheila. The figure that I have, a team of oxen, like I don't, I don't know when I got this price, could cost at least $300 or more. So you, you multiply $300 times 11,000. Yeah. And we're talking about, we're talking about uh, in the day of Solomon. And see, for them to have that kind of livestock, mm -hmm. that showed that you was a whale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it'd be like having some gold bars. Wow. Then you got 120,000 sheep. And they could be anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars a head. Goodness. Wow. Now we're talking about a price. This celebration 
But think about the anointing, how much more worthy the anointing is. But think about the price of the blood of Jesus. Because every one of these animals were being sacrificed and their blood being poured out mm -hmm. for burnt sin offerings or burnt and, and peace offerings that day in the dedication of the temple. Can I ask yes, you Is that why uh, a lot of wealthy people had all these animals so they would use them for sacrifices? The flocks of some, sheep some. and oxen and goat, well... Some of it would have been for that. Some of it would have been for that. Some of it would have been for, for food. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some would have been for selling, uh, you know, just like a, a cattle rancher or whatever. It would have been a life. It would have been part of their lifestyle. Just sell um, at the market. Yeah, sell at yeah. the market. Yeah. To make money. That's right. Yeah, some of it would have been. It definitely would. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there would have been a fire. The Spirit descended after what? The, the blood, blood was offered up. up. So that goes back to what we were talking about. The blood had to be poured out before the Spirit could be uh, present or poured out. All right, as we go on, it says, Two main statements made by John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John 1.29. This is he who baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Those are two statements that John the Baptist made. Mm -hmm. Now, page 15 and 16 of the textbook states, and I've got to read it out loud. Um, let's, let's look at that for just a moment. What did I say? 15 and 16? 16. Would that book have the same page? It should. It should. I've got underlined, and uh, what I was going to read. It's in the last paragraph on page 15. Uh, it is the great work of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus, to make him glorious in human hearts by bestowing the blessed experience of his redemption and because the blood is the central point of redemption. Remember that. The blood is the central that's point. Not the, the that's not what we have. Uh, no, yeah. that's, that's not the last paragraph. What, what this is is listen to the answer. All you who heartily and sincerely long for it, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and it is his office to glorify the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb. The Spirit and the blood bear witness together. That's, that's what's in this paragraph. That's 15, page 15. Huh. See, yes, see, I've got an older copy, so it could be a page off. Um, mm -hmm. What do you read that again? Okay, what I have underlined on page 15, it is the great work of the Holy Spirit to go. Okay, that's on page 14 in our book. All right, so it's a page off. And it's the second paragraph up. All right, I apologize. How about that? That's okay. That wasn't teacher chair, but that's <laughs> new publication. See how old that book is? I don't, I don't even know what the copyright this is. I need to. Before I teach this again, I'm going to get back. I don't believe don't listen. Well, this is 1981. Well, we had a class where the, the books like this were all on different students' pages. Oh, that you were wow. teaching. Remember, I remember teaching. Dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. Two different right. books in the same class. Okay, so everybody found it. Mm -hmm. All right. It is the great work of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus, to make him glorious in human hearts by bestowing the blessed experience of his redemption. And because the blood is the central point of redemption. 
the Holy Spirit will make the blood appear especially glorious to us and will glorify in glorify it in us. We can form some idea of the blood that has shed that was shed on earth in connection with the sin offering. But we have little conception of the blood that in the holiest on high speaks of the work in the power of eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's one of those areas that I think that we don't move in, that it's an eternal. The Holy Spirit, however, comes with his heavenly life-giving power to enable us to appropriate that which is eternal to make it a real living inward experience in us. Faith in the atoning, remember that, faith in the atoning power of the blood and in the personality of the Holy Spirit are two truths that are both denied when the church turns aside in error, while both of them are held fast by the true church of God, where the blood is honored, preached, and believed in its in, in as the power of full redemption, there is the way, there the way is open for the fullness of the Spirit's blessing. And it goes on. Any comments on that? So we're being we're being uh, told how powerful the blood is through the price that we've talked about, and here even what's being said. Now I can't remember, but I believe there's another place we talk a little bit about um, John the Baptist's statement of First John 1:29. So I won't go into that right now. But I want to ask this question right now, and if we do come back to that later in the syllabus. How many of you have quoted that verse before? Oh, yeah. When you quote it, what do you quote most of the time? For John, the one, like, for John so loved the world. No, John 129. Somebody turn to John 129 in the King James. I want to show you something real quick, and we may go back into this somewhere in the syllabus. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one with pause here. Why does he use Roman numeral for the first letter and then goes in, you know, for the chapter? I don't know. I mean, I have to stop and think, think about my Roman numeral. I think part, and it is, it's dumbfounded me, I think part of that is he was he was Dutch. Yeah. And I don't know if that some of the, and, and, and if, if just the, the timing. It's the way it was translated. Yeah, possibly. What, what do you have, sister? I have um, the next day, John. Stop. How many of you? How many of you have quoted it just like that's in your syllabus and didn't say the first part? Read the first part again. The next day. All right, stop. How many of you have ever used that when you quoted it, unless you just read it? Ninety-nine percent of the time, mm. until here recently, I've always quoted it just like what's in your syllabus. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what the next day was? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to go there. The Day of Atonement. <laughs> the Day of Atonement. That's why we've got to realize when Jesus was that sacrificial lamb on the cross, he fulfilled, even though the fall feasts were coming, on the cross, he fulfilled not only... Passover, he fulfilled the Day of Atonement. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. 
And see, John here, when he made that statement, he was talking about him being the Passover lamb. But he said the next day, because the calendar where they were at that moment when he was at the Jordan River, the next day was the Day of Atonement. So John prophetically was speaking both right there. And over the years, behold the Lamb of God, where I should have been saying the next day. See the emphasis of Scripture if we don't get it, or if we're not careful, we'll miss. That's exactly right. Okay. Faith, thank you for turning there, even though we didn't read all of it. Faith is the key. Revelation 5, 6, a witness of the blood and the Spirit. Read the chap fifth chapter of the Revelation in closing. We're not going to take time to do that, but do read the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation. There's things okay. going on around the throne. <clears throat> we see this witness of the Spirit. Let's look at verse number six if somebody's there of the fifth chapter. We'll read that. We won't read the whole chapter. Which one? Of, of Revelation. What verse? Six. Six. Okay. Five, six. Um, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. I don't want to talk about the right verse. Hmm. Let me turn that real quick. You wanted verse 6 of chapter 5. Oh, wait. As I beheld Thank him, you. lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Sorry, that was my fault. That's, 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 that's it right there. So we do see the witness of the spirit and the blood there at the throne. And we realize that this is uh, during tribulation. We realize this is uh, in reference to uh, several things that's going on with saints that have been slain, uh, the assembly around and within itself. And we don't have time. And, and right before me, I don't have notes that I really could elaborate a lot uh, when he talks about the seven spirits. But that would be a good study within itself. That'd be a good study. But well, I just wanted to make that emphasis of the witness of the blood and the spirit even at the throne. And then, of course, the whole chapter of, of the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation is powerful within itself in, in the, the, the contrast of the blood and the spirit and the worship and the saints and, and uh, the uh, creatures and things of that nature. Now, uh, let's move on to page 31, the spirit and the blood. Uh, this is lesson three, part two. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter nine and verse number 14 is, is some of what we're still elaborating on that is a very powerful scripture uh, i know we've already entertained it a little while today but i'm going to read it again it says how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living god we find the union of the spirit and the blood in our personal experience mm -hmm. some important things to consider Again, we must notice that the blood exercises its full power through the Spirit. So the Spirit is the endorser, the power, and the Spirit manifests His full power through the blood. All right? Number two, again, we must remember a major point of our study is 
are inseparable. All right, here's some questions that need to be answered. Now, I'm not going to, you may, has anybody answered these questions? Sister uh, Sheila Kay. I All right, I'm going <laughs> to give you the opportunity if you want to share at least one of them. Okay. This is really just an inventory. Questions that we need to consider or need to answer. How is it that the blood doesn't produce more results in my life? How can I experience its fullness? Is there any hope for a person so weak as I am and one who understands so little to expect that fullness of blessing? This is just an inventory. If anybody feels free, they want to elaborate on one of them. I, I will do two. Okay. How can I experience its full power? Okay. I found in reading this book that if I didn't have faith, I would have a difficult time understanding about this. Every time I read a paragraph, I had to stop and say, what did I read? This because, book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. I've had that same experience. And I went back, and last night I woke up, and I asked, I woke BJ up, and I asked her, I said, explain this to me, and she couldn't explain it. I said, I keep reading this about uh -huh. the blood, and the blood, and uh -huh. the blood, and the blood being... Uh, the spirit being in the blood and, and all of that, it was a revelation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then it got where it wasn't a paragraph I couldn't understand. At the end of each sentence, I was saying, what did I read? And finally it dawned on me, I have to read this by faith. That's exactly right. And know that it is correct and believe it in my heart. I can't question everything. Like, how does he know that? I mean, I'm wondering how Murray knew that. Mm -hmm. So what I put is through true faith, Honoring the blood to overcome every hindrance, and it will manifest its power in me. Yes. And the key is. In me. The key. The key <laughs> of everything you've said. You said oh, earlier, faith. Faith. The truth. A true faith. 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 And confession. Keep this book in your library. Yeah. Read it. Read it, folks. Don't let this be the only time. This class is not giving it credence. Read this book. Oh, yes. I challenge you to read this book. Yes. This has changed. This has changed my life. prayer life forever. There's another book, and I mentioned it to you, Sister Joyce, and I meant to bring it. I believe the writer's name is White. Or Wit White Wit. It's W H Y T E. It's an older book too. And it's called The Power of the Blood. It's a little paperback book. You'll know you got the right book. I'm going to tell you what I remember of one of the issues that he deals. He talks about living in England in the Second World War. So now you can tell this man's probably not living. He talks about how the Germans were bombing and his family. They could hear the bombs. They could hear what was going on. And because of his parents and their faith they would huddle mm. and of course all lights were out you can turn your lights on but there ain't no lights wow you know why they had the lights off yes. and they would huddle he said we pled the blood of jesus <laughs> and they were never harmed he testifies of things of that nature how many of you know who lester summerall is yes and if marathon <laughs> says she doesn't i'm gonna 
send her back to Rod Parsley. I do. <laughs> <laughs> there is a recording somewhere. And just to explain how powerful the blood is, Lester Summerall had the opportunity to go to the Philippines years ago, years ago. I don't know how, I'm going to say probably in the 50s, might have been the 60s. And he was there, and there was a demonic, I can't remember if it was a male or a female, and they were demonic, and he got broadcast even on media. Mm. And he went to address that situation. And he told me, he said, I'll fast. I can't remember if it was a week or three days, and I'll pray. And, of course, when it got spread across the island, the media wanted to come and all this, mm. you know, here this man's going to come and pray for this demonic he told me, he says, out of here, out. Well, you, have to, you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. He went in, and he testifies of this. I heard it. I heard him tell this. He said, I went in. He said, after fasting and praying, went in. It seemed like it was a young lady. And when he began to pray, began to cast that demonic spirit out. And he said, in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus. And he said, when I said the blood. Now what's the first thing that you think happened? The blood was applied. Okay, the blood. the name of blood. Okay. Demons he left. said the blood of Jesus. Yes. That's what I was about to say. Yes. They okay, they left, but that's not what immediately happened. He said that demonic spirit or, or spirits, or one of them that was probably the strongest, uh -huh. rose up oh, in wow. her. And began to curse, yeah. use curse words. Yeah. Uh -huh. What does that say? The power of the blood. It says the power of the blood, and you're right. Yeah. But the even the demon had to expose it himself that it was a person. Yes. Mm. It was a person. It was the blood of Jesus. Yes. Wow. And there was deliverance. That's powerful. Because of speaking the name. Someone with a healing ministry, and at the beginning of the healing ministry, he would walk the aisles of the church, and all he would say was, the blood, the blood. I know, but it'd be good blood. to find out. I have I have the tapes. Right. I have his tapes. Well, find out. Let oh, me know. Yeah. Let I'm me find sure out. he's gone by now, but I do have the tapes on that. I would be interested in knowing mm -hmm. that. So, uh, all right, anyone else want to share? At least one of them. And, and I do ask you to do this as your own personal inventory. And you don't have to share. You don't have to share. Because, you know, we're not trying to belittle you, you know, in any way because it, it does. I mean, it, it asks you to be honest with yourself. How is it that the blood doesn't produce more results? I'd like to share number three. Okay. It says, is there any hope for a person weak? You know, I when I read this question, I take it as everyone's got access to the blood, no matter your education, no matter if you're weak or strong. You don't have to know it all to have the blood. And we've made salvation like that. Me and her were just talking about mm -hmm. that. We've made you have to get right. You have to know all this. You don't have to know God's work from the end to the beginning to have access to the blood. That's no. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly and that's right. what we should be praying over people. Exactly. Is the, that's for the yes. powers. It's yes, the blood. The power I don't to kill need to cancer. know it's Jesus. They don't need to know a hundred facts. Yeah. And I'll take on one. Okay, you're going to take on one. It says, how is it that the blood doesn't produce more results in my life? 
Okay, mm -hmm. but the, the book tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, mm -hmm. and it is his office to glorify the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, it is also, since that spirit dwells in us, mm -hmm. we have to know through faith mm -hmm. that we have the same power that Jesus had. He told us we did. Mm -hmm. And we can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We just need the faith and need to believe. Yes. And like, like mm -hmm. you know, Jesus told the disciples, you don't have enough faith. Right. That's right. why they couldn't heal the epileptic. Uh -huh. And it's probably because of the knowledge and the lack of understanding of his word. That okay. yeah. it, could, it could. It could. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would go back to saying it's because we don't apply the blood. To we don't apply. It hasn't been applied. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, even though we're Christians and we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we know what he's done through us, yes. sometimes in our own ministry we forget to plead the blood. That's yeah. exactly right. Yep, and that's exactly what I put. Right. The blood has not been applied. Well, and that's what this book has really yeah. shown me. I'll be teaching at my church tomorrow, and my subject tomorrow is the blood. Wow. wow. Praise the Lord. See, this has uh, gave you some insight. And I'll be filled up for sure. Well, Praise I had the insight, but yeah. it took it took it deeper. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I mean, I, I sat there. I had chills going on my body when I was reading this. This, As a matter of fact, when I sent my lessons in, I wrote you a note telling you that this book, just the first 14 pages, was life-changing for me. Praise God. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. Uh, All right, let's see if we can get uh, just a couple more things done here. And we'll probably elaborate on these answers in some aspect or mention again that we, we did this. On page 32, we're going to get ready to take a break here in just a couple. Uh, things to acknowledge as answers to these three questions. That the blood doesn't bear witness alone. But the spirit and blood, actually it is the office of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to glorify the Lamb and the blood, blood of the Lamb. Of the Lamb. So we've read that. Yeah. All right, number two, we think of the blood as been shed 2,000 years ago. This presents a past tense of its authority for our lives. Is it 2,000? I put 1900. Well, 19 no, is what the book said. Yeah. But yeah. I use yeah. 2,000. Oh, okay. I mean, so I need to change that. I put 1900. What was the uh, last answer for number one? The, the um, to number two, we think of the blood as being shed. He said 2,000 years ago. I put 1900. Mm -hmm. Okay. She had a question. But she wanted to know the last. Of number one. The blood. Yeah, to glorify the lamb blood. and the blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. blood. Okay. The first the blood. blank is blood. blood. The next one is the spirit and the blood. Blood. And then the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and then the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> blood of the Lamb. Yeah, blood of the Lamb. So I'm gonna change that then and to two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it would be Actually, it would be two thousand. Oh, well, it's really more. I mean, if we want to get right down yeah. to the yeah. Nick Grit, but but uh, 2000 I get aggravated when people they say Jesus died 2000 years ago, like today yeah. makes 2000 years ago, <laughs> right? Right, like, right, no, it's longer than that. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, 2023. <laughs> I went to the store yesterday, but I didn't tell you oh, where, Lord. I didn't tell you what time, did it? okay? All right, uh. We must acknowledge that the blood doesn't lie inactive. Now, right. I want you to hear what I just said. Doesn't lie inactive. inactive. And must be aroused 
to activity by my faith. Our faith activates the work in our lives, but the blood is always active. If there's anything you marked in this notebook or this syllabus, our faith activates the work in our lives, but the blood is always active. Whether there's faith or not, okay, the what blood was that, is Answer activated. Answer to that one again. I'm sorry. Yes. That's the blood of Christ. Because yes, the blood, the blood of, of Christ, the blood of Jesus. dies instantly. The blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus. We must acknowledge that the blood doesn't lie, L-I-E, okay. inactive. Okay. I had something different. And our faith activates that. But the blood of Jesus is always active. Mm -hmm always active we must acknowledge that the blood is an almighty that's the first word eternal eternal power which is always active you remember i made the analogy that wall socket over there i don't have anything plugged into it but there's still current to it oh, yeah. if you don't believe it go stick your finger over there in it and i'm not going to touch you at that moment to get the woo. All right, number three, our weakness or lack of faith doesn't change the eternal power mm -hmm. that exists by the eternal spirit. By the what? The eternal? The eternal spirit. I put the power of the blood, but I should have put... Now, I promise you there is going to be a true-false, mm -hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, it's a tricky question mm -mm. about where it talks about lying inactive. Okay. Okay. So I'm just giving you heads up. Okay, if I recall correctly. All right. Number four, true faith will will give assurance to us that will give us understanding of these principles. What did Jude say? Be built up in the most holy faith. Mm -hmm. As our faith is built, we'll be built, and the word of God will be greater of understanding, mm -hmm. and us to operate in it. All right. Other things to consider in our answering of these three questions. One, we must simply honor the blood by exalted idea, ideas of its power to overcome every hindrance. Number two, our weaknesses cannot interfere with the power of the blood of Jesus. So let's get off the pity party. Let's quit listening to the ear, uh, letting our ear be intimidated by the enemy. The power of the blood of Jesus is always active. Yeah. That's where we operate in faith. Number three, our lack of faith hinders us to receive full benefits that the Spirit desires to accomplish in us by the working of the blood of Jesus' power. Mm -hmm. Now, if I revamp this again, I'm going to go with the blood of Jesus. Everybody's I say the blood. All right, number four, we're going to take a break. Number four, and I've, I've got handwritten above number four, and you may want to write this, must become our confession. The blood will manifest its power in me because the eternal spirit of God always works with it and in me. We can make that our confession because we're speaking that we know that it is the power and it's always working. We're going to stop right there. We're going to take a, about a 10-minute break. So if you can get back in here somewhere about 20 of, no later than quarter of, so we can uh, 
we're going to lunch. Okay. Can you...